Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Clutch Conversations. It's your boy, Mike. I hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful Thursday evening. Really excited about tonight's guest. We actually got something a little bit different from y'all. So today, every guest has pretty much been in the ball python hobby in some shape, form, or fashion. But tonight, we're doing something a little bit different. We got a venomous keeper here. And that's really exciting because I know I'm going to learn a lot. I know a lot of y'all are going to learn a lot. Um, we've got uh, expert keeper, at least in my opinion, expert keeper, uh, Cody Mullinette. So it's going to be real interesting. But before we get into that, I do want to give everybody a reminder. If you are in this hobby in some shape, form, or fashion, please, please, please go out there and support USR. Get you a membership, give some donations, cop some merchandise, whatever you got to do. Uh, USR does a lot for this hobby, a lot for this industry. So definitely go out there and reciprocate the support that they provide for us to enable us to be able to keep and operate in this hobby. So uh, definitely go out there and support US Art. I'm gonna remind you every single week, so get used to it. <laughs> uh, but without further ado, I do wanna get my boy out here so we can get to talk about some venomous snake keeping. What's up, Cody? Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? All right, all right, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm getting over points. Good, good. So before we hop into or let's hop right into it. Introduce yourself and, and tell everybody about what you do. All right. So my name is Cody Molinex. Um, I'm from Arkansas and I own a lot of venomous snakes. You own a lot of venomous snakes. You say it like it's light. That's that's a big thing, bro. Or at least to me, that's that's a big thing. Uh so uh how long have you been into to keeping venomous? Uh, so I started keeping venomous in like 2010, so 12 years. Okay, and what got you into venomous? Uh, so when I was little, I was obsessed with King Cobras. Uh, in like third grade, I used to check out this book. It was called Living Snakes of the World, and I was obsessed with them. And then I started keeping more exotic. I got like a green anaconda and a retic. And I met okay. this guy online, and I found out that I could own venomous snakes, and uh, I was hooked ever since. Okay, okay. So you said you met somebody online? Who was that? Uh, it was my mentor, actually. I think it's John. He's uh, no longer around. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. Um, but he's the one that taught me everything that I know. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that, to the process um, about how you learn. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Like. What was the initial process? That yeah, so uh, when I found out, he had posted a picture of a monocle cobra online, and uh, I commented on it, and then we started messaging. I think it was John Hutchins. He's from Missouri, and uh, he invited me over to his little facility that he had. It was called Snake World, and uh, or Reptile World, and I went over there, and uh, he just slowly introduced me on how to properly handle, uh, make sure I was doing things the right way, and you know, in a safe way. And, uh, yeah. Okay, so you say he slowly introduced. What were some of the steps? Um, so it's a little bit different. Uh, basically, how to properly use a hook. Because up until then, I never touched a snake hook. I would sit okay. it with my hands. Uh, okay. Basically, how to properly, like, hook and tail a snake, where you grab it by the tail, and then, you know, where to have hook placement, move it around like that. Um, you know, husbandry kind of stuff that you would need to do. Um, it's kind of the, the basic things when properly handling a snake. 
So from the time you start training to the time you like first like handle the snake, whether that was a free handle or hook, I imagine hook was first at least. How long did that take you to get through that process? That was same day. Same day? Yeah. Were you nervous? Yeah. I was extremely nervous. Yeah. What kind of snake was it? Was it a monocobra? It was a monocobra. Okay. And how's their temperament? Uh, they're real noisy. Like they're real, they're real loud. Uh, they huff and puff a lot. And so because they're real, real vocal and it really, uh, it was intimidating at first. Gotcha. Gotcha. I want to say what's up to a lot of folks in the chat real quick before we move on. Jay Williams, what's up? What's up? Thanks for coming out. Kraft, what's up, Kent? Thanks for coming out. Dual Designers, what's up, brother? Thanks for coming out. What's up, bro? That's what I thought, but I didn't want to say it first. It's my brother-in-law, Javon. What's up, brother? Thanks for coming out. Nicole, what's up? What's up? Thank you for coming out. JNG, what's up? Thank you for coming out. Mike, what's good? What's good? Thanks for coming out. Scarlett, what's up? Thank you. Big E, what's up, brother? What's up? Hey, y'all check out, uh, so that's Matt Legrand. Y'all check him out this Monday, I think, on Trap Talk. He's going to be a guest on the show, so definitely go check him out. Troy, what's good, brother? Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out. So going back to the learning process, what was the most challenging thing about, about the learning process to you? Most challenging? Um, I don't know, maybe the actually like getting the actual confidence to work with these animals. Um, I mean, if you make a mistake, you're dead. You know, right. potentially like, you could die. Um, so that was like getting over like, I was just building the confidence for that. Uh, probably the most uh, the most challenging species to work with uh probably forest cobras if you want to like talk about like challenging snakes to work with they yeah. are still a pain like to this day they suck i love them but they suck you said forest cobras yes okay what's what's so challenging about those uh so forest cobras they're the the longest true species of cobra in the world so king cobras yeah. they're not a real cobra uh, so forest cobras are the actual true cobra um and they are they're like a mamba, like but a cobra. They're super fast. They're really good on a hook. They will just like they're good like climbing. They're amazing climbers. Uh, so they'll climb up a hook before you know it. They're at your hand. Um, they're real fast. They're almost everything with open mouth. They're they're gonna try to bite you. And they're just they're just really fast and really quick. And if you're not on your toes, like they will get you. It's really? definitely like an expert level snake to keep, in my opinion. Gotcha. And how many of those do you have? I just have one right now. You just got one right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so thanks for coming out, brother. So what's your favorite venomous species? King cobras. Oh, King cobras are thing. your favorite? And my, like, they are the, my number one snake out of anything. What makes them your favorite? Just how smart they are. Well, I love big snakes. Um, they're the longest snake in the world, like the longest venomous snake in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're super intelligent. Um, they're the only snake in the species. That they're they're the only snake in Opiophagus hana. Uh, this is about to be separated. They're about to separate some localities, but 
right now they're the only snake and that's super cool they eat other snakes um they have massive venom glands um and they're just so so smart when you're working with them you can tell they're thinking you can tell what they're just super intelligent i love them okay okay what's your next favorite next favorite um I love red spitting cobras. I've always been obsessed with those. Um, black mambas are on the list too. Um, Nicole says yeah. mamba. <laughs> mamba. Where are the awesome. where are the mambas on the intelligence spectrum? Mambas are really smart too. Black mambas specifically. Okay. Uh, my green mamba, she is kind of dumb, but my like black mambas like they're all they're looking at you as well. They're figuring out what's going on. They're super fast. Uh, they're, they're really smart snakes. Definitely okay. up there. Reggie, what's up, brother? Thanks for coming out. Phil, what's up, brother? Thanks for coming out. So how many how many venomous snakes do you have right now? Um, hold on. Like 20, hey, thanks for coming out, brother. 25 ish, 20, 25, 26, venomous. 25, 26. How many different yeah. species? Um, let's see, I have uh, like king cobras, uh, I have a green mamba, black mamba, uh, probably like, uh, let's see. Like sixteen or seventeen different species. Sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. Do, do, is the husbandry that much different between like each of the different species? Uh, no, they're all pretty similar. Uh, like there's some heating differences, but I keep my room ambient to like a temperature that's suitable for all of them. Okay. And uh, some that need a little bit higher heat, uh, higher heat. I have uh, heat lamps on that. Um, but for the most part, everything's pretty ambient in the room. Okay. So what does your average weekly routine look like? So every day, uh, I do like a walk through the snakes. Um, mm. Basically, just look at, we spot clean all the time. Like, so it's, we spot clean, take the water every few days. Uh, we usually feed on like Sundays. Uh, and then I feed again, usually in the middle of the week for like the smaller species. I always feed like my smaller cobras two times a week. Uh, just because okay. they're, they're small, they have a high metabolism, they're always moving around. So I feed them two times a week. Okay. Um, but yeah, just miss a lot of spot cleaning every day. So that's something I take for granted, right? Because uh, I, I don't keep venomous. Um, I mostly have ball pythons, I got boas, and I got carpet pythons, um, three different species of carpets. And so I spot clean every day too. But in most cases, it's a couple of py carpet pythons that I can just reach in there. But in most cases, I can just kind of reach in there and clean it, and they'll be all right. As long as they know what's going on, they're, they're fine. I imagine it's not quite the same when you're spot cleaning for some of the venomous. Um, uh, it shouldn't be, but, I mean, it, it is for me. I just do okay. it. Um, so but just... most people, that they should not. If my, if my girlfriend, uh, she's been learning venomous over the past year. Um, she still takes a snake out. She does, you know, all that. She doesn't just reach in there like I do. 
which you shouldn't do. Um, but she does it the right way. I just get it done really fast. Gotcha. So I imagine before you reach in there, you, you're getting good eyes on them. You're reading yeah, yeah, language. Yeah, I, I know where the snake's at like, at all times. Say again? I know, I know where the snake is at at all times. Gotcha. Uh, just to, so, you know. You got a good sure. sense of the mood and, and all that before you just, you don't just reach yeah. in there. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're assessing the situation. Yeah, of course. Gotcha. So are you breeding any of them? Um, yeah, so I'm breeding some black neck spitting cobras right now. And then we, I just got, um, these Australian snakes. They're called Colette snakes. Okay. Uh, they're super dope snakes. There's not many in the U S uh, I was lucky enough to get a trio of them. I thought they were at 1.2. Uh, you got male and two females, but I sexed them when I brought them home and ended up being, uh, two males and one female. Um, so I still have a pair and I'm going to breed, hopefully breed those this year. Um, and get some captive bred, um, uh, you know, collect snakes out there, nope. but we'll see if that works out. Are you, pr you probe them when you sex them? Yeah. Yeah. I probe them. We, so, use a, so we use a tube, put them in a tube and then just probe them. Gotcha. Esteban, what's up? Thanks for coming out, brother. Sean, what's up? Thanks for coming out. Dev, what's up? Thanks for coming out. So is probing challenging? Because I imagine you got to be watching out to make sure you don't get struck at or anything like that. Uh, I mean, it can be kind of uh, difficult getting the snakes in a tube. Um, mm. Oh, you put them in a tube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I tube them. Okay. And just uh, wait. You know, I don't want to get bit. And, Absolutely. You know, dealing with that end of the snake, I don't know. They, they might not like it. Right. So, I just tube them to make it easier. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, um, I want to pull up a few of your reptiles specifically and talk about some of the specific ones. So All right. I'm going to see if I can figure out this share screen. Can you see that? I don't see anything. I'll figure it out here in a second. All right, you should be able to see it now. Can you see it? Yeah, I can see. All right. So what kind of snake is that? That's a uh, speckled cobra. Speckled cobra? Yeah, is that's that... beautiful. Spectacled, I mean. Spectacled. Yes, yeah, actually, that's not mine. Oh, that's, that's not yours? Friend. No, I went to a buddy's house in Oklahoma, and uh, he had it, and it's a great display snake. And, uh, you know. So is that, an, a, is that, I know I'm asking a lot of basic questions, but is that uh, an adult size speckled cobra, or is that uh, a juvenile? No, it's just like a, a sub-adult. Uh, it was pretty okay. small. Uh, they, they'll, they'll get a little bit bigger than that. Or they will a decent bit bigger. And this one seems pretty calm. Are they? They generally have a good temperament. Uh, I mean, this one will bite you if you, you know, you gotta be careful with it. Um, but cobras, like, they're they're really easy to read and kind of they're easy to make them do what you want them to do. And so with that, uh, it's just a little. It's just basically a little trick, like a party trick that you get with cobras. What that's what that is. Okay. It makes it look like they're staring. You know, like, you have them under control, but they're 
It's the party trick. Gotcha. All right, what kind is that? That's a timber rattlesnake up in Pennsylvania. So a buddy of mine, he owns a cabin in Pennsylvania. And so we had a whole bunch of, uh, of venomous keepers, uh, some you know awesome venomous keepers. Uh, we went up there into the cabin, and uh, there's so many timbers everywhere. Uh, that was just a wild one that we had found. Okay, so this one, again, it seems like it's, it must be fairly calm. Being, uh, uh, it wasn't too bad. So people think that snakes just want to bite you. Uh, mm -hmm. Even venomous snakes, just because they're venomous, doesn't mean they want to bite you. Right. Uh, and this is basically, I mean, once they calm down, like they're pretty chill snakes. That's dope. I think it's one of my favorite ones that I got a picture of. I like the pattern on it. That is my forest cobra. Um, the one he could be a handful. He's cool. It's a black forest cobra. Um, he's uh like a year and a half old. So he's, okay. he's gonna get a lot bigger than that. A lot bigger. About how big is he in this picture? Um, he's probably. Four and a half foot. Four and a half, and they talk about it. What? He'll probably get like mm, eight, eight or nine. So, what's the process that you use to like tame him down? Um, so him, I'm probably not gonna deal with much with him. Just uh, only dealing with him for like changing. Uh, you know, I have to pull him out for like substrate cleaning and you know just the, the maintenance or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Working with him, I'm probably not gonna just kind of like tame him down because uh, I like him a little bit feisty and he, he's really fun as he is. Like, he's really fun. A buddy pulled him out over the weekend and uh -huh. uh, he's all over the place. Like he, he's real fun. But uh, for like taming snakes down, uh, it's really just being present with them. Uh, the more they see of you, the more they're going to realize that you're not a threat, like just positive interactions between them. Uh, so you know, if I pull a snake out, I'm not going to, like, get hood up all the time or whatever. I'm just going to, you know, just be there, and he's going to realize eventually that I'm not a threat. Snakes are really smart. People give them, like, they're, they're smart and they're dumb at the same time, but like, people give them not enough credit. Uh, they, they, they know what's going on. And so It sounds like the process is really no different than uh, a non-venomous snake. Yeah, no, it's the exact same. It's just... Yeah. Uh, with non-venomous, you can get away with a bite with these. Right. Like, Stakes are higher with the venomous. Yeah, you'll, you will die. This one? So that is my female black neck spitting cobra. Um, she's super cool. She's real. She actually spit. She hit me in the eye and got venom in my eye uh, last oh, really? year. The yeah, first time I got venom in my eye, and it was awful. Feels like sandpaper. Uh, it's like someone just like either poured like sand in your eyes, like rubbing it around. It was, it took like four or five hours for it to feel okay. But I washed it out immediately. Um, it sucked. I just got real comfortable with her. She hasn't stood at me in a long time. And uh, I spooked her and she, they're super accurate. Him in the eye. It sucked. She's real cool though. Black snakes are just awesome. So I know a lot of the spinning covers, they can spit quite a distance. Yeah, like they can get like drops of like accurately, like 
I don't know, like 10 foot, like super accurate. But uh, like they'll get spit, like venom, like, I don't know, like 23 feet or 20 feet or whatever. Like you'll get like drops of venom a uh, pretty good distance away. But like accurate, like 10, 12 foot probably. And so you said it feels like sandpaper. It's just kind of it is awful. irritating. Burning, like someone took like sand and put it in your eyes and just like rubbed your eyes all over it. It freaking, it sucked. It was awful. I would not so recommend. What did you have to do to treat it? Was it just kind of like, I what just, did you have to do? I hop in the shower and just washed it out. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to make you go blind as long as you watch it out. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's actually ever gone blind from getting spit on, like venom in your eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna wash it out. I mean, but I don't think anyone's ever gonna blind. But yeah, just basically hop in the shower and just wash it out. It wasn't a wasn't a big deal. Um, like it, yeah, you're not gonna die from it, but it sucked. Is she Definitely full grown or close uh, to? It? She, yeah, she's full grown. Okay, she's like six and a half, but six foot ish, six and a half. She's full grown. I like this one too. I mean, I like them all, but yeah, that was, uh, that's a that's a spectacle cover from uh, Anthony's house. Okay, if he ever sells it, I'm buying it. I'm on first dibs. <laughs> so he's watching this. He should already know, but I want it. So is that this? That's the same one from the other one, just a different angle. Yeah, yeah, the okay. same one, the same session. Because I, I noticed. I don't know if you can see my cursor but that right there, like the marking on the back of the hood. This, type. Mm-hmm. this is the Mamba, right? The black one. Yeah, that's my new black Mamba that I got a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I don't have a name for it yet, but it's male or female already. It's a male. Kobe. Can't do. If anyone has a black Mamba, they name it Kobe, and I. It's like that's what everyone wants it to be. I know like five people with Kobe's as Mambas and I, I can't have it. Gotcha. I want to be different. But I, I mean, it's the it perfect, perfect name fruit. for it. Say again? It's the perfect name for it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But, so how much does a black Mamba run? Um, depends if you want like a captive bred and born or like an import. I've seen black Mambas go from like, they're, they're really, they're kind of cheap. They're like 400 bucks uh, for a uh, like an import, like a you know wild caught snake, um, and then like six hundred to like a thousand for uh, a captive bred and born one. Which this one was sold to me as captive bred and born. Um, yeah, I don't have any proof of that, but this was sold was sold to me as it's a uh, it's actually pretty calm for uh, other black moms that I've seen. It might be the calmest one I've seen, um, but. It's like a seven, eight foot snake. Eats rats, no problem. And is this good? That's my favorite snake. Godzilla. This is Godzilla, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's my absolute favorite snake I own. He's super cool. The best snake. He'll kill you, but he's the best snake. How long have you had him? So I've only had him. I got him in August, I think, is when I got him. I got okay, him so from not a, that long. 
No, I got him from a keeper. So he's he's actually only been in the, in the states. He was an import snake. Okay. He was imported in November of 2020. So Where like he come from? Yeah, he came from Malaysia. Okay. And uh, buddy b- bought him. He's had him the whole time until I got him. He came in with like some some ticks and stuff like that, but he was treated. He came in pretty healthy for a wild caught king. Actually, he's probably seen some things because he was pretty. I mean, he's real defensive. Um, but I went up to Ohio to a buddy's house and picked him up, and uh, he's just he, he's he's known for being a being a handful in the venomous community. Uh, he, he, was, he was a pretty popular snake, and I got him, and uh, I me and some buddies kissed him because we could. So. What were some of the challenges with him? So you say he had a, he was known for having like a bad temperament. Yeah. So I I don't know how they you know, think where I'm assuming he's probably like eight years old. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming he's around eight. Um, so he's probably seen some things in Malaysia, you know, dealing with, you know, animals trying to kill him, you know, like fending for himself, that kind of stuff. And I don't know the condition of the people that caught him. You know, they might not have, you know, been the nicest when they grabbed him, you know, necked him and shoved him in a bag, basically. Like, I don't know, you know, what kind of life he lived before, but he was real defensive, real aggressive. Um, he would, uh, you know, just charge at you. And sometimes he wouldn't stop charging. You know, he'd come at you and, like, you know, try to bite you. Um, so, uh, the previous owner that I got from, he didn't handle him too much. Hardly ever, you know. He had some medical issues too that led to him selling them to me that he just couldn't uh, properly work with him. So since I've got him, he's calmed down quite a bit. He's, he's nothing like uh, his reputation, like he had. Like he's he's really not that bad of a snake. Uh, as long as you know what you're doing, you know how to read King Cobra body language. He's really not that bad. Gotcha. Uh, but it's a little bit to get him there. How long did it take him to get him there? Um, so it probably took him uh, probably three to four months to get him to like a decent where mm-hmm. he wouldn't try to like, you know, come at you all the time. And it just led to, it was just basically me pulling him out and just having a bunch of one-on-one sessions with him. Uh, like no one else would be in the room, just me and him. And I would just sit there in a chair and have him like crawl around and him just realize that I'm not going to hurt him. And once you kind of realize that, um, he's still kind of, he'll still stand his ground, you know, but he, it's not nearly as bad. Like, he, he's not a bad snake. I also don't use hooks with him. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, previous people, they, they did use hooks. Um, with a snake that big, it's just not what I like to do. So I, I use a hook to basically pull him to the, you know, to the enclosure where I can pull him out. And then I just, oh, I put the hook down, I use my hands from there. The hooks don't ever touch him. Besides getting him initially out. Gotcha. So that was actually one of my questions. So I've seen you like free handle. Uh, how long did it take you to get comfortable with like free handling? I mean, I've handled snakes a while now. Um, and I shouldn't. Like free handling, like there's not really a need to free handle. I do because I like to. Um, but I mean, it just depends, like, some snakes, I, I just get immediately and I picked up with my hands. Um, 
but I'm always like reading the body language. I'm looking at the snake's head. I'm doing all that kind of stuff or whatever. Um, right. But I mean, it really, I guess it really wasn't too long. Once I had like a good understanding of, you know, venomous snakes and how venomous snakes, how, how they work and like just able to read body language, then I'm like, yeah, good. Gotcha. So, um, have you ever had any close calls with free handling or just close calls in general? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had a few close calls. Godzilla, he almost bit me in my PP one time. Damn. That, that was really scary. That was like, that was real. He was like, maybe like four inches away. Um, that was real, like, that was real scary. Um, but I've had a lot of, you know, some close calls. Um, you know, like almost everyone I know, they've had close calls. Like even like the people that don't free handle, they have a close call. So it's not really a big thing, you know, that big of a deal. I know what to do. I know what the snake I'm working with. I know what it could do to me potentially. Um, but yeah, I don't have close calls. I got bit in 2012 uh, by a monocle cobra. Okay. Um, I was going to die. It ended up being a dry bite, thankfully. So there was no venom that was injected at all. Okay. Um, but I thought I was dead 100%. I, I, I was young. I didn't really know um, like what to like look for after getting bit, like some of the side effects and like what's, what would actually happen to you. Um, so I was just, I was freaking out and, uh, ended up being a dry bite. So it worked out. Yeah, that was my I'd, last I'd have been bite. freaking out too. Yeah. That was, so that was my last bite up until that was, that was what? 2012. You said? Yeah. 2012. And nothing has bit me since then, except for a month ago, I got bit by my girlfriend's reticulated Python. So I was bite free from, everything like non-venomous you know everything up until this dumb retic bit me <laughs> it, ruined, it ruined my streak i was trying to go like 20 years without getting bit so the retic up out of all the animals hey yeah dude it's better to get bit by the retic than to get bit by i don't know they hurt she's like 10 foot it sucked so nicole said that's it i need them to be like, be like 10k I guess you're talking about the price on the Mambas. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mambas are cheap, dude. Don't get one. Like, people should, like, Mambas are way too cheap for what they are. I don't think Mambas should be in the venomous hobby. Like, I, I like, if there's one snake I could get rid of in the venomous hobby, it would be Mambas. Like, no one really needs a Mamba. They are fast. They are scary. They, I mean, they're super deadly. Like, I just don't think they should be in the hobby. I own two of them, and that's fine. But like, I don't know. Like, if if mamas weren't around, like, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset at all. They're just Got gonna it. be up. Yeah, I feel like they should be a little bit more expensive because that's kind of like a barrier to entry. Like anybody can come up with four hundred dollars. I feel like. Yeah, and a lot of people don't vet other people, and they, you know, they don't check for the experience that they have, and. That's what the venomous community, they should be better about that. Like people just can buy things and no one checks if they can actually, you know, work with these animals or they have experience. And that's what's, that's what's scary. Gotcha. So Derek say, what's up? What's up, Derek? Thanks for coming out, brother. Love Derek. He just made a uh, cartoon picture of me earlier. I, I need a cartoon picture story, too. Yeah. I need a cinema yeah. picture so I can get one. I saw everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. What's up, brother? Thank you for coming. 
Ant, what's up? Thanks for coming out. Oh, Anthony. Yeah. Anthony, uh, that's the one that has that uh, uh, spectacle cover that I want. That cool. to me eventually. I'll get it. For sure. <laughs> I'll get it. <laughs> I'm getting that cover. More of it. Retakes. Thanks for coming out. What else we got in the chat? See, what's up? Thank you for coming out. G said, "Mamas are crazy fast and very agile. They will turn on a dime." Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. So actually, so a story, a close call uh, with a mamba that I had. So I have a green mamba. Um, she's like seven foot, and I went to pull her out to clean her enclosure, and I have mm-hmm. her um, kind of like head level. Um, it makes it also just makes it easier to put her back in the enclosure. Like when I'm done, so like she'll just kind of just like, like to climb up. And I opened the enclosure with my hook, slid it open, and I went to touch her, pull it out, pull her out, and I went to grab her, and she shot past my head. She rubbed against my face and went behind me, like before I could even blink. And like I've never like questioned if I should own a snake before until that time. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, do I really need this mamba? Like I needed her, I have her. But so uh, it was, was she shot across your face? Was she like striking at you, or she was just no, no, no. She was just trying out. to just get away. Yeah, she held the cage. The enclosure was open, and she was going to get out. <laughs> and she just like she just like basically like just like lunged, and like her head didn't touch my face or whatever, but like the rest of her body did, and went over my shoulder into like a stack of enclosures that I have over here, and uh, you know like, that was a close call. And I've never made that kind of mistake again. But uh like that was yeah, that was close. Now the whole world knows. But yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's good. Everyone should see the kind of things that can happen so they have yeah. more information. They're awesome. But now I I've kind of changed how I work with her. Uh, I don't ever utilize hide boxes like lock boxes, like uh, they're not really my thing. Um, but for the mambas, I do have them. If they'll use them like I might as well just use them. Um, if I don't have to pull them out, then I don't have to pull them out, which is cool. Um, but I mean, I pulled out the green mamba last week doing some cleaning your enclosure. She wasn't that bad. Um, but like, if I can use a lock, if she's in a lockbox, I'll use that 100%. Like, there's not really need to pull her out if I don't have to. Gotcha. Is there any venomous that you wouldn't keep? That I would not what? keep? Um, no. I said I would never own a black mamba. Like that was the one thing I said I would never ever own. But I have one. So you got one. <laughs> yeah. There, there's there's not there's not a snake I don't think I, I wouldn't keep. I'd keep a Komodo dragon if I could. <laughs> Esteban said he would have died. I would have died too. Like that would have been it for me once she shot out like that. <laughs> so um do you have any advice for any new venomous keepers that want to get into the hobby? I mean, advice, uh, kind of just really what's already out there. Um, I would definitely find a mentor if you could. Uh, that I think that's the biggest thing is if you can work with someone else's collection, um, that's always you know the best thing versus getting a snake. Uh, if I got a monocle cobra and I just just brought one home and that was my very first you know bit of a snake 
uh, as intimidating as that was, you know, 12 years ago, like, I don't know if I would still be in the venomous hobby if I didn't have a mentor uh, that I, to work with and see these snakes. Like, they're super intimidating when you're having a, you know, a cobra huff and puff at you and you're trying to, like, get out of its enclosure because you have to clean it, you know, or if it gets, a, like, a stuck eye cap and you have to, you know, pin the snake and get to remove the eye cap, like, you need to know what you're doing. And uh, so finding a mentor was like the number one thing I go, I would say. Um, and then just uh, always be confident. And what you do, if you're working with a snake, and you're not confident, like it's not going to end well, like ever. Even working with like non-venomous snakes, like a big retake or whatever, if you're not confident going in there and pulling it out, like you're going to have a bad time. So like, yeah, just be confident. Have you mentored anyone? What? Have you mentored anyone? Um, really, just like my girlfriend, I guess. Uh, I'm like, I, I people reach out to me to, to for me to want to mentor them. I don't have an issue with it. I'm just, I mean, I keep a lot of deadly things, and I don't want someone to get bit under my watch. Like, I, I would, you know, I'd be so heartbroken if someone got bit by one of my snakes, um, and. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I had to be the, the, the right person. I wouldn't just mentor mm -hmm. anyone. Uh, someone that would be cool, you know, get along with. But I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, I know like a lot. Of, I know a lot of business keepers. They don't want a mentor, which I'm saying find a mentor. And like people don't want to do it. Like I understand how hard that can be, and frustrating it is to like get denied and denied. And it's just easier to just go buy the snake and do it yourself. Um, but. I know this guy that reached out recently, and I think I'm going to mentor him. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Are the laws pretty lax in Arkansas? Yeah, Arkansas is not bad. Um, so we just now implemented a permit system last year. Uh, it used to be you could just buy, you could just own the snake, and it didn't really matter. Uh, but now we have a. It's not our, our permit system. Basically, is a. Uh, we have to get a letter from the city that we live in to say that, hey, we're not breaking any kind of local ordinances, uh, you know, because some cities say, like, you can't do certain things or whatever. So yes. as long as we have, a, we have a paper that says we can keep legally in our town, um, we, we submit it, pay like $70 or whatever. Arkansas Game and Fish, they come to our house. They check our room to make sure it's escape proof. So, like, I have a little guard under the door so the snakes physically can't get out that way. I have mesh. Yes. Um, on my vents and my ceiling, so snakes couldn't slither up there. Um, basically, all the snakes have to be labeled with their scientific and common name, and uh, has to be labeled, you know, venomous. Um, how many's in there? So I just have it, you know, by what sex is there? Like, you know, zero point one or one point oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and that is pretty much it. We don't have to have buy protocols on hand. I keep them anyway. Uh, you know, because you should, if you keep in mistakes, you should have by protocols. Um, we don't have to have anything like that. It's, a, it's pretty relaxed. It should be a little bit better. We should have more. I wouldn't complain if there was more. Um, but like required yeah. training or required experience, like under um, a keeper or somebody who's already certified or something like that. I mean, if we had that, it wouldn't be that bad. Um, but like, I, I can't. I'm not a fan of Florida's like Florida requirements are awesome. Like you need, you know, a thousand hours per species, um, but that's a lot. 
And I know I would have given up back then. Like, I mean, I probably would have given up, but maybe not like a thousand hours, but you know, a decent amount that you like need to know, or I don't know, they can figure it out. Gotcha. So you mentioned the bike protocols. Tell us about the bike protocols. Don't you have like a binder or something like that? Um, so I have a USB drive and I have some folders of different, like all the species that I keep. Um, basically, uh, you know, what? Hold on. I will go grab one real quick. I have one over here. Word. Thank you, Nicole. Yes, definitely smash that like button. Oh, let's see. Yeah. So basically, this is a by protocol from the Florida Stink Bite Institute. Joe Pittman, he puts these together. Super awesome guy. Uh, but basically, each by protocol, um, it just has uh, kind of like the snake. I can see that. Yeah, I'm going to put there you on the, what you call it. Yeah. So it basically has the snake, it has the common name, where they're found out, um, the type of venom they have, the venom, the venom composition. And this is like, a, yeah, venom composition. Uh, basically, like the effects of what it can do, and then uh, you take it to the hospital. They have a list of like how the hospital should properly treat for a snake bite. Uh, tell them what they need to do, what type of anti venom they yeah, they use, and uh, yeah, so you don't die. Oh, pretty cool. So, um, who did you say puts those together? Uh, Joe Pittman. Joe Pittman. Yeah, it's the Snake Bite Institute. Like they're awesome. Like you should have them. If you keep in with snakes, you have you. You should have one. Doesn't matter what it is. Make some for yes. almost every species you can get. Gotcha. And you just take that with you. Yeah, you just take the folder, and you know you go to the hospital. You hand it to them, and uh, they should know what they you know what to do. They should know. You should always talk to your hospital first. Let them know uh -huh. that you keep venomous snakes, okay. so they're not. You know, I you know a guy got bit like earlier, like last year or the year before. And uh, the hospital didn't believe that he got bit by what he got bit by. And so they were like, you know, you, you didn't get bit by, you know, a cobra or whatever. But he 100% did because he has one. And so it's always good to let the hospital know, like, what you keep. I called the hospital actually the other day to, let, to talk to our local one. And uh, I just haven't gone in there yet to schedule what's going to talk to you. All right. So, um, we already talked about the free handling. So talk about some of the challenges that you've had like while keeping that you haven't talked about already. Like, what's so, one of the biggest challenges or setbacks you've had? Uh, the thing that broke me the most, uh, keeping snakes in general, it wasn't venomous, it was snakes. Uh, I was, uh, let's see, it was 2009. In 2009, I shipped out one of my green anacondas. Uh, it was a male, and I was young. I didn't really know what the, you know I was doing. Uh, I thought I shipped it properly. It was cold, so I shipped it to a guy. I don't remember what town. But, I mean, the weather, like, it was, like, it was it was, it was chilly. Uh, now I probably wouldn't have shipped a snake that cold, but I did it anyway. Uh, I shipped it. And I went to Walmart because I got some heat packs. You know, like they, I didn't use the 40 hour hot, you know, the, the warmers that you should use, you know, when shipping snakes. I didn't know those were around. Um, and uh, the bought, hand warmers? Yeah, I, bought, I, bought, I ended up buying hand warmers. And I bought like, 
don't know, four or five of them. And I just tossed them all in the box and uh, I shipped it, you know, not knowing. Anyway, the guy texted me the next day uh, with a picture of the snake. The snake had died. It had overheated because it got too hot. You know, I didn't realize that I, me putting that many hand warmers in there, I was going to cook the snake basically. And uh, that really broke me. Like it, it sucked. Like it was one of my favorite uh, Grand Anacondas too. I uh, shipped them off to go breed them actually to a female and we were going to split the babies and stuff like that. And like, it was just, it really sucked. Like, I was, I was super devastated, but that was with venomous. Uh, with venomous wise, I haven't really uh, I had anything bad happen. I lost a, a, a rhino viper last year. Uh, first venomous snake I've lost. And, uh, I still don't know what happened. Rhino vipers, they're really tricky to keep, too, in captivity. Is um, it? They, they're just, uh, you can't keep them too hot. You can't keep them too cold. Um, and uh, I thought it was, I, mean, I thought it was fine. It was eating. It was shedding. It was, you know, seemed real healthy. And then yeah. uh, one day we came in here and uh, it had rolled. Uh, it passed away. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh, it wasn't, it was a, I mean, was a wild caught snake. It was an import. It wasn't captive bred or whatever, but okay. it seemed healthy, seemed fine. So I, I lost that one. And you got a gaboon too, right? I have a gaboon wrapper, yeah. Yeah. I don't want uh, to talk about it. I think they're boring. I don't really like them yeah. too much. Um, but every venomous, you know, collection has to have a gaboon viper. So I have one because people love seeing gaboons for some reason. They just like how big and ugly ugly they are i guess and they get massive heads but mine's pretty small it's a year old right now um so there's a lot of growing to do i don't feed it enough i don't overfeed it you know some people are going well they want to grow these giant gaboons and then they just shorten the lifespan i want this gaboon to live you know for a long time so i don't feed right. it as much as other people would so are the gaboons pretty docile um yes and no generally speaking uh, I mean, I have friends that can kiss gaboons, you know, um, but I don't think I would, you know, I'll kiss cobras all day. It's not a big deal. Um, but gaboons, they can be, they're real fast and their venom is pretty bad. Like pretty bad. You'll lose an arm. And is that what Tyler got bit by? He got bit by a gaboon or a rhino? Tyler. Did uh, Tyler oh, get bit by one? Which Tyler? Tyler Nolan. Oh, no, he got bit by a King Cobra. The oh, it was a King Cobra? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was not I, that. I thought I, I thought I saw somebody get bit by a Gaboon Viper. Like, uh, there's a guy that got the bit. last year or two. Uh, maybe, yeah, there was a guy that got bit uh, pre-handling. Or I want to say, yeah, yeah, it was pre-handling. It was pre-handling. Uh, it was in, was it Texas? Or, you know, he, got, he had a Gaboon around his neck, and he got bit. Uh, he lost his hand. Um, and yeah. then there was guy that recently got bit um, over the weekend got bit by a gaboon up in like Virginia. Uh, he had like 44 vials of anti-venom or whatever. It's like some, it was like, it was the highest amount of anti-venom that's ever been like required for a gaboon bite. Um, that was over the weekend. So. How many are normally required? What's up, Wiz? Thanks for coming out, brother. Yeah, I don't know the exact, I don't know how many really um, I would, I would assume like 20 to 25 maybe, but he had like 44 or 48, something like that. It was a pretty, pretty wild amount. 
does it really just kind of depend on like how much they envenomate you? Yes, I mean gaboons have like the largest venom yield. I mean they have really, really big venom glands, and and they I mean they will pump and dump you. Like we'll just they'll bite and they'll put it all in you. Um, rhinos yeah. are the same way. Um, yeah, kind of. They're not as uh, big as venom glands, or they don't get you know. I mean, they'll, they'll, it'll, it'll, rhino would suck, hundred percent. Like they would suck. Scott says because they're big blockheads, which makes them cute. No, <laughs> no. disagree. So I've seen like pictures of like the rhinos, like with really vibrant color. Mm -hmm. Is that more of them editing, or are they really that vibrant? No, so I mean, they're 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 they look, all of them look that good. I know there's like nice. an editor picture that's rolling around. I can't think of a guy's name that. He originally owns it, but like they made like a little ghost face on the head, like yeah. the ghost stuff the editing. I mean, the pictures made it look a little bit more vibrant, um, but I mean, they still they look really good. Like they're awesome looking snakes for a big like a natural occurring snake. They look super sick. Gotcha. So we talked about challenges you faced in the hobby. What are some challenges that the venomous hobby faces in general? Uh. Challenges the venomous hobby has had. What do you think? So, maybe the top one or two challenges for the hobby. I think people keeping illegally, um, and then like still, I don't know, like posting about it. Like I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Um, and people just getting way over their head. Um, you know, we've had people that. There's a forest cobra that got loose in Texas last year, and it was kept in an aquarium, like with like a you know a fish tank lid, and people just not properly keeping snakes and like into the proper setups. It's wild to me that yeah, that's real wild. Like, you know, why would you, like, the snake still hasn't been caught? I mean, it, I don't. I'm not sure how like how cold Texas got over the winter, um, but I mean, yeah, just. Secure your snakes. Don't be dumb. Nicole said they had some nice ones at Hamburg. I'm assuming she's talking about the rhino vipers. Yeah, they're definitely not ball pythons. I wouldn't even keep a ball python in like the aquarium with like the yeah, no, dude, I'm not a fan. The mesh of, lids. Yeah, like fish tanks, like they're not designed to hold snakes, especially not venomous snakes. So don't do it. Like That's the PBC enclosure is not that bad. I mean, just yeah, just be smart about it. Gotcha. There's a lot of there's a lot of dumb people that keep venomous snakes too. Like yeah, that, that's just snakes. crazy to me. They want to do it because it's cool. I mean, venomous, they're awesome. Like venomous snakes are real cool. Like I'm I'm a big fan of them, obviously, and like, I'm glad other people are too. But just be smart about it. It's it's not that hard. Like you don't have to have all these snakes if you are sacrificing like how they're being kept. So yeah. Speaking Don't of cool that. shit, um, I meant to ask you about this uh, when we first started, but you do like what, BMX as well? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I ride professionally um, for a company called Hellion Bikes. Okay. Um, and I ride BMX and I do stunt shows. I travel. Actually, I have a BMX competition tomorrow. I oh, 
yeah, I had to drive to Oklahoma City. I actually was just packing up right before we had our interview. Uh, but I leave out at like 8.30 in the morning for the comp start at 2. So we're going to get there and have like an hour for warm-up. And then, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go do some ride little kid bikes. So I've never been to a BMS event. Like I've seen like some of the stuff like on TV or online. So it's just what it'll be set up and there's like various like stations or whatever or something like yeah. that. Where yeah, so basically so there's like a skate park. Usually the, the contest is going to be at. Um, and there's different classes. Like there's a pro class. Usually, usually the pro class, like a amateur class, or, you know, beginner, intermediate, that kind of stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it's just a real fun time. You put down your best run and, Usually 60 seconds, so you're doing backflips, backflip tail whips, um, you know, all these other kind of tricks. You're doing all that stuff. And then uh, you don't fall. The, the goal, obviously, is not to fall. Um, put down a really clean run. And uh, the judges score you. And then if you're good enough, you win. And then you so, get money. So it works so out. What got you into it? So I grew up skateboarding. I was a skateboarder um, from when I was little. And all my friends quit skateboarding to go play football in seventh grade. And I met a kid that rode BMX at the skate park. And I rode his bike around, and I was hooked. Um, and then, yeah, I started riding. And then my only goal that I had was I just wanted to go pro. Like, that was the only thing I wanted to do. And then uh, I started doing BMX shows. I met up with this this team called Team Self-Destruct. And I started doing stunt shows. And that was so much fun. I, I traveled all over the United States doing shows, uh, making money, and uh, yeah, like by like be, like riding a little bicycle has like taken me so far. Like it's crazy. I love it so much. That's dope. Yeah, I saw some of the stuff he was doing, and I couldn't even come close to doing anything like that. That's... A lot of broken bones. A lot. <laughs> How many? Um, Estimate. I think fifty-two right now um, like that also like includes like me like riding motocross too um i uh ride sport bikes up the track um i got ran over on my motorcycle um, so you got ran over yeah I, on the on the street i got ran over and i broke my back in seven places so like i count like all those have been one um, but like 52 it was what i'm i think i'm at possibly i broke my teeth out so I'm missing that from BMX. Have you, have you broke the same bone multiple times? Yeah, yeah, I've broken my leg a lot. Um, it's like one of my other. It's my legs are like filled with metal now. I have so many plates and screws in it. My collarbone, I have metal in my collarbone. My pelvis bone, I have a plate and screws in that. Um, I've cracked my skull three times. I had like eleven concussions. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you get you get wrecked. Yeah, but it's fun. sounds like it. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. So, do you ever sore like from some of those old injuries? Oh, dude, like I'm miserable twenty four seven. I'm th- I'm thirty one now, and getting out of bed sucks. Getting in bed, you know, just as bad. Uh, but I mean, it's worth it. Like I wouldn't trade it. I have a six year old. He rides BMX with me, and it's just the best thing in the world. Like riding the bikes with my son is like, it's the coolest thing ever. Does he like the bikes better or the snakes better? Uh, dude, uh, 
it's hard. Uh, I know I won't be able to ride BMX forever, but I should be able to keep snakes forever. So, I mean, I like to, I like to snakes more, but I mean, it's, it's very, like, very little, like, little more, not much. What about your son? Does he like the snakes better or the bikes better? Uh, probably the snakes better, actually. He loves, he loves these snakes. Uh, he goes to school all the time. He tells the teacher he has a black mamba. He has king cobra. Um, <laughs> uh, like, it's just, yeah. It's awesome that I, I'm able to, like, you know, share all my passions and, like, hobbies with him. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that sounds dope, man. Yeah, I bet you he's, like, a fan favorite at school. Like, all the kids love to hear him tell yeah. stories about the snakes. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's wild, like, you know, because I'm sure that most of the kids don't believe him when he says he has all these snakes that, you know, like, there's no there's no kid that goes to school and says, you know, I have a black mamba at home. Like, that doesn't happen. Uh, but right. He does. <laughs> all right, I got some random questions for you. So if you could live anywhere, anywhere in the world, where would that be and why? Anywhere in the world. Man, honestly, there's not really anywhere overseas I would want to live, really. Australia would be cool for a little bit. Okay. Um, but not long, really. I, I would I wouldn't ever want to like live forever in Australia. Uh, it'd probably Why still Australia? be Australia. Why mean, Australia? Is it just for some uh, wildlife species or they have some some deadly snakes, they have some awesome snakes that I love that like I'm I would have a hard time trying to acquire in Oregon like in here in the States because you know getting Australian species isn't the easiest. Um, but so I'd be able to see those snakes in the wild, but it'd be really cool. They have really awesome skate parks over there too. The BMX scene over there is just super dope. Um, but like I just don't know if I want to live there forever. Uh, probably really just Florida. Florida seems really dope. I just don't like the laws in Florida. But Florida would be perfect. Like year round, you can keep alligators and crocodiles outside all year. Um uh, you know, they have cool skate parks there. The weather is just perfect. But the laws suck. So, Florida would suck. Yeah, they are pretty strict on a lot of things. Like, we can't have retics. We can't have berms no more. We can't have tegus. Uh, what else? Iguanas. It's a, lot, it's a lot of stuff that's been banned recently. Yeah. Um, I could live without keeping retics. I mean, retics are, like, they're my favorite. One of my favorite non-venomous snakes. Um, but... I know my girlfriend, like, she's, retakes are her thing. Uh, I don't really ever touch them, but they're her thing, so that could never happen. And most of the problem uh, is really three counties in South Florida. Most of the problem is, like, concentrated there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, the Burmese python problem in Florida because my king cobras eat them. And my, so Godzilla, he won't eat anything else but snakes. And getting the berms is just easy, super easy. That's, you know, it's nice to have them. Um, but, I mean, it sucks for Florida, but I'm benefiting from it. So, if they stayed a little bit longer, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain. So, is that your only snake that, own, that eats other snakes? I mean, most cobras will eat other snakes. Um, but 
I have my three king cobras. They primarily eat snakes. Like two of them will eat other cobras, or uh, I mean, they'll eat other rodents. No, no, no problem. But Godzilla, he's a, he's a strictly snake eater. He won't touch anything else. So I just like to feed king cobras snakes because they so they eat in the wild. I to keep it, you know, it's pretty natural for them. Gotcha. Okay. So if you you drink coffee, I love coffee. All right, yeah. so if you can have coffee with any historical figure, who would that be? And then why would you choose that person? Historical figure. You know, I read this question uh, when you sent it to me, but I just kind of just skipped over it, and I didn't actually think about what I would say. So That's a hot seat question. <laughs> yeah, uh, historical figure. Uh, let's see. Big D's, what's up? We got a mentor request in the chat as well. Yeah. Boy, he has king covers. He doesn't need any help. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Those are his Godzilla's bougie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, man, now I got to hold on. I got to think. Uh, historic. I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, I would say Steve Irwin. That'd be real cool to like, get his experience. But I'm trying to think of someone else because I know most people would say Steve Irwin that keeps, you know, but, you know, snakes in general. Right. They would choose him. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll uh, probably that. I might say someone else in like a few minutes, but okay. we can move on and I'll, I'll, right. maybe I'll come back. I don't know who knows. All right. So, another one. Um, if you had to write a book, what would you write about? And right now, I could write a book about King Cobras. Okay. I could write a book about anything right now, like BMX, venomous snakes in general, King Cobras specifically. Uh, yeah, probably just, yeah, King Cobras. Because they're dope. I know a lot about them. Gotcha. All right, and then the next random so if, if if you won 10 million dollars tomorrow how would you use it so if i won 10 million dollars after i go to the ferrari dealership and i get like a 488 because 488s are one of the dopest cars in the world first things uh, first yeah first thing 488 <laughs> have that um then uh so right now me and the lady we are working on a reptile facility uh, okay. we just got some land uh we're gonna open that up uh mainly just for me so i can keep some cer certain things in arkansas to be required like a, a facility for and that means like i'd be open to the public via private tours and whatnot so I'd probably just finish that and have a super dope like dope setup uh, and then what's the rest of it have a really dope skate park and then just have the rest of it for my son when he's older to help to keep taking care of these animals because you know i don't know how long i'm gonna be alive for and i don't want to like pawn the burden of like you know having to physically pay for all these snakes on him right so yeah that and then obviously donate some to charity don't know how much but some definitely a charity 
Scarlet says Thailand, Kings and Thai food. Yeah. Boy, that would be cool for a little bit though. I don't think they don't skate parks there in Thailand, like Yeah. You watch some good yeah. Muay Thai fights though. What was that? So you can watch some good Muay Thai fights though. Yeah, dude, my son, he just started doing uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu okay. and kickboxing uh, at our local MMA gym. And, like, okay, so I, I don't want to so join we, now. It looks a lot of fun. So he's going to be I'm good at striking and have a good ground game. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not a fighter at all. Like, I can't fight to save my life. Uh, I would rather just, you know, take you out another way than try to, like, fight you because I'm not good at it. I'll lose 100% <laughs> of the time. Uh, but, like, it looks like he has a lot. He has so much fun. And, like, I wish I would have done that when I was little. Yeah, it's dope. Uh, my kids did martial arts. Yeah. So my son, he made it all the way to a second degree black belt in, in kickboxing, and my daughter made it to a black belt. And then they wanted to kind of like chill out and not do it anymore. They did it for a long time, uh, like since they were both in kindergarten. In fact, my son first started doing martial arts when he was three years old. And then yeah. we, we moved here, and so he was out for maybe like six to 12 months and then he started back again. Yeah, just like mine, he does just like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and then, you know, kickboxing. And then after class, he has like a special class he does. Uh, they call it like black belt training, but that just like some more like a smaller group, like, you know, more one-on-one kind of stuff. And they also do like weapons too. So he has like collie sticks and he's doing commas right now. Uh, and then I'll eventually, do, he'll do swords next year. And just, uh, you know, like, like bow staffs and stuff like that. It was real cool stuff. You know, stuff I wish I could have done because we all like anime in our house. And so, yeah, it's real cool. Yeah, it was real cool. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to that testing. I, said, I think I said kickboxing because I was thinking about kickboxing, but they were doing taekwondo. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. I wish I could have done it when I was younger. All right, so you want to come back to the coffee question? You know, uh, yeah, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, that'd be Martin a reason we had be cool. Say again, Martin Luther King. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Someone that's like you know, influence like you know a big change in the world. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm having coffee with Obama. That'd be super cool for me. Like I'd be sick. He seems yeah, like a cool dude. It's real funny. Yeah, that'd be uh, tight just, just, just to kind of just kind of talk to him about like challenges and stuff he had like yeah c- coming up through the ranks and whatnot and just kind of like his mindset and what were some challenges for him and see if he likes snakes too you like snakes <laughs> yeah probably not but i mean i would definitely <laughs> yeah we definitely got to talk about it it's mandatory yeah <laughs> all right so what's one question you wish i would have asked you and how would you have answered it man so this question though, I so I, I sent the list to a couple of my friends. And I was like, dude, like I answer for almost everything, but like I just don't. I don't mean I don't know. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend, she wanted me to ask uh, if you if you would have asked me if I liked cats, and I would say no because I hate cats. I like but, cats. Uh, I'm not a, a big cat fan. I don't, I wouldn't say I hate them, but I'm not a cat fan. They I, like not dogs, I like I like big cats. Uh, I don't like. You know, house cats or whatever. Like, uh, when we get our facility, we're gonna get like some bobcats because okay, I really like cats. I, I would we're gonna get a bigger cat, but Arkansas bobcats are like that's the biggest that we can get. So I would uh I would definitely do that. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what uh, what question I wish you would ask me. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. What emotion was that? What yeah, other questions? You, you asked that question to other people? Uh, yeah, I have. Did they all um, have an answer for it? Yeah, most everybody has an answer for it. I know. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm that guy. You're that one guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be that guy. No, most people have an answer for it. Um, I mean, I try to cover a lot of different things. And then even with like the random stuff, it's just like something off the wall or random. So it's, like you could ask me to see a snake or something. And if you yeah. want to show, I wasn't going to ask you to see a snake, but if you want to show a snake, I would yeah, love I to see one. Uh, a venomous snake because it's a venomous uh, venomous thing. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna put you on the solo layout. A venomous snake. They were uh, this guy. Want to see real chill. All right, so tell us about this. Uh, so this is a king cobra. Okay. That's kind of my thing. Uh, this is, his name's Maverick. Uh, he's a, a wild caught Malaysian king. He's like two, two and a half years old. Uh, he's like. They get big pretty, pretty quick. Tough. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's a dope snake. For sure. He's real chill. Yeah, he seems like it. Like, yeah. But, like a I mean, he's moving around, not like a ball python, and just sitting. Oh yeah. So I mean, I see what he's doing now. He's just exploring. He's chilling. He has no like intentions on doing anything bad. You know, he's just uh, checking it out. It's just like uh, I'm sure you guys have all seen Taco. Uh, you know, Devin's king cobra. That's just super chill. He's uh pretty similar to her, just not a, not as red or orange like her body is. Yeah, he's uh. His temperament, just kind of how it is, kind of reminds me of like my coastal or my brittles. Oh yeah, they just uh, they just want to explore, they just want to climb, and like I'm like you know, venomous snakes they don't have to get you. They just want to, you know. But. So, I think one of the questions I was supposed to ask you that I might have skipped over: What do you think one of the most important important personality traits is? Or is needed to be successful, like as a venomous keeper. Oh, yeah, like, I kind of uh, spoke on some stuff earlier, but I didn't ask this question specifically. Yeah, uh, someone that's always willing to learn. Like, I mean, we've been keeping snakes. We, we all keep snakes, you know, in, like boxes or whatever. And uh, there's always new ways of keeping and like having an open mind. Uh, that how you keep isn't you know the only way to do it. Uh, I know people are gonna hate like you know I pick up snakes in my hands. So they don't like that, um, but I mean I don't care. But yeah, so like not everything, like be open to change, like, you know, talk to people, figure out new ways to keep so we can, you know, make sure the animal is being kept better. And that's all that really matters. Um, obviously, then my confidence. Yeah. Can't be accessible. Like, yeah, just, I don't know, just think more, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah, that's dope advice. I really like him. He's just chilling. 
I'm gonna put this guy up now. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, King Cobras are my favorite tank in the world. If I could only keep King Cobras, like, I would have no issue with only keeping them. But there's so many other awesome tanks in the world, too. So I so Javon, Javon said uh, he's never touched a snake. So we're going to have to change that, bro. Um, next time next time you come visit, you're going to have to hold a snake. It's not really that bad. It's not. I mean, it's not bad at all. I shouldn't say not really they that bad. It's not like bad what at people all. Think. Like, people think they're slimy and like, they feel like, you know, but that's not. Like, so many people like, are, are you know, surprised when they actually touch a snake for the first time because it's nothing like they have in their head. You know, in their head. Yeah, uh, so... I'm new to the hobby, right? So we've only been keeping for about two years now. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the first time like, I, I grabbed a snake. So I, I touched a snake and convinced, convinced uh, myself that we were going to start keeping some snakes. And so I held the one we got for the first time. And in my head, like, I don't know what I had in my head. Like, I knew it wasn't slimy, but I just kind of had, like, this different view of how it was going to feel when I held it. And then when I held it, it was, like, totally different than what I was thinking. I don't even really know what I was thinking, but yeah, you just kind of your head, you have it. There's going to be something totally different. Oh, yeah, yeah. I still remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, like the first time I held a retic, because they were just way softer than I, than any other second I had at the time. It was just a normal retic, and they felt so, like, so awesome. And now I have a snake that's called a Bushmaster. Um, They're from uh, South America. And they're like they're the longest pit viper in the world, actually. Um, I have I have one of them, and uh, they feel like no other snake I've ever felt in my life. Like basically, like uh, like old like girls just like bedazzle things on like uh-huh. bedazzle their jeans, like little gems. Yeah. But they so they have like those like all over their body, and they feel so like completely different than any other snake. Like every time I in it, if I have someone new over. Like they have to touch that snake. Like I'll be, I'll make sure it's really safe for them. Um, but because I think like the Bushmaster is like ninety-five percent of like envenomations, like you still die. Like they have such a high like you know like death rate, even with even with the anti-venom, which is like super crazy. But like so, yeah, people have to touch it. They have, they have to know what it feels like because they're not going to experience any of my better again, uh, which is cool. Gotcha. Bushmaster, so dope. That would be another snake that like I would have to have. Uh, yes, snake, whatever about like favorite snakes or whatever, and like uh-huh. that's definitely like they're in the top five. Gotcha. That sounds pretty cool. Well, Cody, I appreciate you coming out. This has been dope. I learned a lot. Like I said, I knew I was going to be asking a lot of probably basic questions from your perspective, but I mean it's teaching me a lot, and like I, I really enjoy seeing people stuff like this and this is pretty cool so i really appreciate you taking the time to come out taking the time to talk to everybody and teach us a little something um is there anything you want to say before you get out uh, no, i just appreciate you having me on uh, anything you can do to help you know educate people and obviously like people don't keep not everyone keeps what i keep and i mean i'm glad to like share what i have and you know i, mean, I love these snakes and i appreciate you letting me come on oh, no problem this keys what's up brother thanks for coming out I think it's Terry or it's Keisha or it might be both. Thank y'all for coming out. Well, no problem, brother. Like I said, I appreciate you accepting the invite. It's been fun. We'll have to get you back on the show. 
uh, talk about some different things related to Venomous Keeper. Good luck at the competition. Um, I, I hope you win. Um, how many people on your team? Uh, so it's not really a team. It's just it's just me. Like it's an individual. Oh, it's just individual. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'm part of a stunt team, and we have like four riders. We we, we do BMX shows. Okay. You know, like at fairs or festivals, whatever they pay us to do. Um, but competition, this is just a team, like an individual person. So okay. I'm competing against everyone else. Okay, well, I definitely hope you have a safe and successful performance. Again, thank you for coming out. Thank you for sharing knowledge. Uh, let everybody know how they can find you online. Uh, yeah, so Instagram, it's Mullet Snacks, uh, M-U-L-L-E-T-S-N-A-X. Uh, a lot of it's just BMX, but I post my snacks in there occasionally. Uh, my Facebook, you know, Cody Mullet X. Uh, but really, like, if you want to see more of, like, my animals, like, you know, mine and my girlfriend's snakes, our collection, uh, just my girlfriend, she has a TikTok. And people have probably already seen her. Uh, but that's Summer Snakes on TikTok. You can see all of our snakes there. Summer Snakes, yeah, check it out. Go give it a follow. Yeah, she has like seven hundred thousand followers. Uh, she's real that's cool. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. I don't be on TikTok too much. Like we've got an account, posted a few videos, but I just ain't really got the hang of it. Yeah, TikTok's addicting. I don't post any video. I mean, I posted a few things, but like you just get lost in scrolling. You just scroll and scroll, and then you know, next thing you know, it's three hours later. <laughs> Well, I, again, appreciate you coming out uh, and have a good night, everyone. Thank you all for coming out. Really appreciate all of the support. Uh, those of y'all that got in a little late, feel free to go back and check out the replay. A lot of good information shown and, and spoken about. So, again, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Yeah, have a good one. Peace. Take care.